0: His buns are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's yeah, moisture on the ball already. Mom, spaghetti. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three,
1: four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami.
2: With Rami. Left field, deep. Make one back over his head, up the wall. Time run score.
1: And there are two down with the runner or the batter Marwin Gonzalez at second base.
2: Yeah, they made a perfect relay, and uh, you have to make that call early, uh, earlier than you probably want to have to make that call. But um, Tony made a, a call on it, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna back his. Uh, his calls and his instincts out there as, uh, as our third base coach. And, uh, again, they made it, they made a perfect relay and we gave ourselves a chance to win the play, uh, win the game if they don't make that play.
0: Now we're gonna, we're gonna back, back our third base coach, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the underscore North and the Score North mobile app. Right? That's one person. Gotta, gonna back our third base coach. That's one
3: person backing the
1: third base coach publicly, sure. Yeah. Go ahead and back him publicly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, rather than just like making you recreate your moment from earlier today yeah. on the. <laughs> Score North tied for first place twin show. We have, we don't even remember it. I blacked out. We've captured audio of Rami here. Um, Let's just play a clip here. This is, I just remember at some point
1: looking at Derek and going, What is he doing? What is he doing? Can you tell me what
0: he's doing? That's all I remember. All right. This is, let's use this as a jumping off point here. This is, this is Rami from The Twin Show.
1: I, I would like to come in here and be real level headed and have some perspective and talk about what a good series and hard fought series it was and blah, blah, blah. But I, the only thing on my mind right now is that call to send the runner in the ninth inning and and likely cost yourself the game. And not, not okay, bad decision. It was a bad decision, and I was watching it when it happened. I was like, bad decision to send the runner, tough loss, but we move on, they're still tied for first, blah, blah, blah. To wake up this morning and see Tony Diaz stand by that decision. Now, we heard Rocco Baldelli defend Tony Diaz. I got no problem with that. When you're a manager, you don't throw your guys under the bus. But Tony Diaz has got to own this. He's got to wear this this today because that and on Saturday sending CJ Krohn who got thrown out by a mile. Terrible calls. Now I'm a believer that if it's going to take two perfect throws you send the guy. I'm a believer in that. But not in the bottom of the ninth with only one out where almost any contact is going to win that game for you. Following that. Almost any contact wins the game for you. You walk out with a division lead, a series split, which you would be happy with to come out of that series with. And on top of that, it didn't even Take two perfect throws. And I'm tired of seeing people this morning back him up and say, yeah, it took two perfect throws. It didn't. They made two perfect throws and great read on the ball and grabbing it with the bare hand. They made a perfect relay, but there could have been a bobble somewhere in there and they Lindor. still would have had him. So that
0: was a great rant. That was amazing. Hold on. Thank you. It was outstanding Thank and on point. You. That was uh, that was pretty good. That was almost on par with Thank your you. with your uh, rant Terrence about Gore. Terrence Gore. Yeah that uh, helped yeah. you land this job. Thank you. It was wrong. Your rant was wrong.
1: What is wrong about it? I just saw your tweet, and I hope you're being facetious or sarcastic. There's n- nothing that I just said in that rant was wrong. There's nothing wrong that I said there. I had no
0: problem... With Adrianza How? being sent there. How? Just real quick, Joe, where do you fall on this so that we can really are you going to be the referee here or are you is it like what kind of a situation are we dealing with here? Am it's, I fighting both of you right now or just Rami?
3: Uh it was a bad send, but but he shouldn't have been in position to send him because he should have been fired after Saturday's game. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sending, I mean, sending fired. CJ Clone on Puig's arm. He you should either have... be at first base or or more importantly, I think behind the twins. Dug out having bought he a should, ticket to Sunday game, he should have at least been
1: reprimanded to the point that he doesn't even have the gall to
0: make that mistake on Sunday. He should have. He should have at least been reprimanded mm. to that point. See, I feel like we're blend, now. I, I where I'm with you is you can't send Leadfoot Crone <laughs> on Yasuo Puig. Yasuo Puig, who can throw a ball from like the warning track through your living room window, right? You know, multiple states. Okay, so I'm with you on that. That was a terrible send, and I think it probably. You're thinking about that in your mind back-to-back days as Adrianza gets thrown down at home. I want to reverse engineer this, okay? And I know this isn't the best for radio, but I have right here the footage oh, man. in front of me, okay? You make me watch this again. I'm going to show this to you guys frame by frame. And frame explain by frame? Because I, like you, I was very emotional when I first saw this happen yesterday. I was, I was living the claw life. Out on the patio, watching the game on my phone. I lived some claw life this weekend myself. Which flavors did you have? Cherry and uh, mango. Oh, stay as far
3: mm. away from the claw life as possible. But I lived the surly <laughs> life last night. And my head hurts like hell.
0: So, <laughs> what you're about to see here oh, is frame by frame footage of why this was the correct move by Tony Diaz, and all of you need to back off the mm-hmm. Twins' third base coach today. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's start with the fact that this ball, as I click play here, this ball one hops the fence. Over the head of the outfielder, Allen, right there. Boom. Uh-huh. I'm going to pause this, okay? Right. How high over Allen's head would you estimate that ball now, is, Now, hold gentlemen? on. Before you ask that question,
1: let me ask you a question. How hard hit was that ball? How quick did it get to the fence?
0: No, I'm going to fill that gap in. Okay. Okay. Because it was really hard hit. It how, got there real fast. How high would you estimate this ball is? I don't know. Above. Six feet, maybe? I would say six, seven feet. Okay. Over his head, okay? Right. Having watched, there's other angles in here later on. Uh-huh. As that ball is over the left fielder's head and he's waiting for it to come down to him, mm-hmm. Adrianza is stepping on third base. Okay. Adrianza is stepping on third base as this ball is still in the air, not in the hand of the left fielder. So if so we, if we don't know the result of this. If I'm sitting here right now telling you guys, you have to make a decision with that ball in the air right now above the left fielder's head and your base runner is standing on third base, rounding, ready to come home. And it's on you right now. You're going to make the decision right now. No, You you win the game if he's safe. I'm holding him then. You're holding holding him, and the left fielder hasn't
3: picked up the ball yet. That's incorrect. You've got one huge problem. The out situation. If you're the third base coach, you're thinking of that. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way
1: I send him he's, again. It didn't sta- even. It well, didn't he's, even ta- t- he's standing on if, third base it, with one out. It didn't even take two perfect throws. They uh, they did. They converted a perfect relay. The bare hand, the throw to Lindor. Lindor turns, throws home on a strike. It
0: was a it was a beautiful play. If either, if of those, throws fan, off, if either of those throws is off, if either those throws is offline at all, he scores.
1: No, wrong. he's wrong. He, he, he was he, out by six feet. They had there was a
0: margin for error.
1: There was obviously
0: a margin for error if he was out by six feet. Six feet. If a, if if one of those throws is off by a couple feet, or if one of those throws is a hop, that six foot gap is a run. You score. Six feet is not that far. And besides, score.
1: I'm I'm a believer of the if it takes two perfect throws, I'm sending my guy. Except in the bottom of the ninth inning with one out. See, let me let me bring this back. You could have had runners on second and third and one out and a chance to win that game, get out with the division lead, and a split in the series. We all said we would take a split in that series going in. That was all we wanted was a split in that series to come out with the same lead that you came in with. They could have very easily had that.
0: And I think what's happening here is, We're trying to find a scapegoat for why the Twins lost 3 of 4. No,
1: because I didn't do this after the fact. I was watching that game with a friend going, what is he doing? Why is that guy running home But while it was happening?
0: But if you knew, if you knew ball is in the air on the warning track, left fielder is on the warning track, and he hasn't even grabbed the ball yet, and Adrianza is on third base... Adrianza, who by the way also was carrying a piano around yeah, his background, say, third base. And he's, so not, and he's not fast. He, he, yeah. I guess my objection would have been, why is Jake Cave not rounding third base, and the Twins win the game on the spot? So I'm if I'm going pie chart of blame here, I'm putting Rocco ahead of Tony D. And I asked by the that way. question, and I did
3: not get a sufficient answer. Yeah, he kind of just said he's like we AD, went with Adrianza, we went with AD, and it made no sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- and it's funny because the Twins are very analytically driven, and there's a, there's a there are a lot of analytics that will tell you that Jake Cave foot speed is like. An extra foot per second or something faster than IRA Adrianza. And that Adrianza was actually running faster than his average foot speed. Yeah, because he has a chance to win the game. So I, I would, I would criticize not putting your fastest guy on base, but I'm telling you, like, I like to look at these things as what would I have said if it was the other way around? If they had held him up at third and I knew that he was on third with the ball in the air, I would have said, you got to be more aggressive there. You got a chance to win the game. You got to be more aggressive there. So I know that I would have ripped them going the other way. So I'm not going to rip them because the because the result was not favorable. But one that's where I stand.
3: But one out, guy on third. If they if they don't score him, then I rip Scope and Kepler. not you're, Diaz.
0: You're saying if they hold. I'm him. I'm saying
3: hold him. Yeah, give one your, out. Give man your guys on, a chance. Man on on third, and and yes, Scope comes up next. Not ideal.
0: No, but that, if I that's then factor, get, that's a but, big factor.
3: But if I then get Kepler up.
0: Yeah, which okay. was a possibility. Was but, but, away. but if you get if you get Kepler up, they're not walking scope in that spot. No, right? They're not walking scope to get to Kepler. Right. So if you get Ke, if you get Kepler up, there's two ball. Outs. All scope needed to do was hit a fly ball. That's
1: it. It just that gave me a you chance. the game. Anything past the infield, which is probably going to be drawn in at that point,
0: and it's game set match. Sure, it's but over. But what? But like, I feel like you guys are saying hey, if you just hold the runner up at third base, Scope hits a fly ball, the game's over. Like, no, What's I'm the saying, actual percentage chance he ha- hits a fly I'm ball? I'm saying
1: you have at least two chances instead of one to get that run in when your guy was thrown out by at least six feet. At least six feet. Let's go look and at the you film. took the bat. Let's, let's well, look at the film. Let's see how far it was. You of your out of, the, your off, out of the, the bat. Phil, you have I'm said. Bringing the, I'm bringing the film. You have said this is the best offense in history. The most prolific offense in history. And you're trying to score runs now, with legs? No.
3: Score runs with bats. <laughs> I would have sent him, though. I would. Marwin Gonzalez. I would, they they were were trying would decide, to. I would go to Phil's point and say he should be sent ten years ago if I can have my runner truck the catcher sure and try and knock the ball loose if I can if it had been crone and I think to myself if the catcher tries to block the plate I, I want him in my on deck circle and I want the ball out of play because he's hit him so damn hard but with how baseball is now and this let's play nice and nobody should hurt people rule it makes it even tougher it's about four feet. That's six feet. It's that's an four. easy it's about, six feet. It's about four Don't, feet. Even, John, it's about Don't even try. It's about three and a half. It's a, it's a lot. Three, lot three and a half feet. It's
4: a lot, and that I'm going to say that's like four. Yeah,
0: it's about four it's feet. feet. You need to stop both of you. That was these, these, th- these th- narratives th- are not holding that up. W- with John that
3: was a brutal weekend for a third base coach. I mean, let's let's honest to God talk about the Puig play, please. Yeah. Do one of the stupidest, most okay. asinine. You send you send C.J. Krohn on Yasiel Puig, and then Rocco. I I said post game, what did did you think of the decision? To send Crone, and he he again, not surprisingly, defended Diaz, but he said no outfielder likes to throw a wet baseball, and that baseball could have been wet. That's your reason.
0: You guys, listen. I don't even disagree with anything you that just said. That baseball
1: Joke. wasn't wet anymore after he threw it because flames were coming off the back, <laughs> dried up real quick. <laughs> Because Yaciel <laughs> Puig yes. has a cannon attached to his shoulder, in case you didn't know that, Tony Diaz. In case you didn't see the scouting report, just, I love where Rami's at
3: right now. <laughs> yes. He has a cannon <laughs> on his shoulder. Any ovation for Rami. I love where you're at right now. That's the biggest series welcome of the year. Min- welcome to Minnesota. It's The biggest Those series knuckles.
0: of the year. This dude isn't reading scouting reports. All right, hold on. Let's do. Let's do this. <laughs> you Twins you want vet to line. Calm him down? No Twins Vetline. Six five one six four six eight two five five.
3: He's, he says wearing all his Cubs gear too. That's what I love.
0: Six five one six four six <laughs> eight two five five. The twins vent lines are wide open right now. Oh. You guys are also like, you're missing the point. You're missing the point on something else. We'll come back. I want to lay something out. I'll fight you both in the next segment too. But uh, I think someone in this room needs a nap. I think Romney might need a nap. I could use a nap. So gonna
1: throw that out there. I could use my my pillow body pillow right about now. Any my pillow product really right now would do the trick. And you can get deals on six or I'm sorry, seven my pillow products. Oh, you're so obsessed right now. All using the same I thought promo it was maybe code. Maybe about four actually. North at scorenorth.com. That's the promo code north at mypillow.com. Not score north. You guys got me all riled up, and as, that's that's it's all a special thank you for you. From My pillow for making things so good for my pillow. You can get the my pillow body pillow. I got one uh, last week and it is outstanding. Usually they're eighty five sixty eight now just twenty nine ninety nine. You can still get the two pack of my pillow premium pillows for sixty nine ninety eight. That's just thirty four ninety nine per pillow. That's just two of seven offers that you can get huge savings on right now at mypillow.com go to the uh, radio listener tab in the top right corner and enter the promo code north check out all the great offers including the mypillow body pillow for just 29.99 or 2 premium my pillows for 69.98 that's mypillow.com promo code north
4: Check out Minnesota Sports Rewind, where Score North goes back in time and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers, Game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, Kevin Love's 30-30 and 30 game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating Game 7 against Sacramento. It's called Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. Another
1: two-out hit. They're going to wave them home. Here's the throw to the play It's in. Him. That's going to end the inning. Yasiel Puig with a perfect strike to Roberto Perez, nailing CJ Crone
0: at the dish. I, I feel like I sense a new target field sponsor coming on. Like every time CJ Crone comes up to the plate or gets on base, maybe every time he gets on base, it's sponsored by Uber because the only way he's going to make it home. I thought you were going to say all the turnstiles would be <laughs> the Tony Diaz
4: turnstiles.
0: <laughs> That's not bad. You know, so I don't know what it's been like in other areas when you've been like talking about the Brewers and the Cubs, but we've had a fixation with third base coaches here, going back to the Guardy era. I talked about this a little bit on the, on the
1: Score North Twins show today. I think the entirety—I should check this out, fact-check myself. The entirety of my time in Milwaukee, they had the same third base coach through like four managers. Did was, people pick on him? It was Ed Cedar. Oh yeah, there were times where people could not stand Ed Cedar, but he was part of those great Brewers teams of the '80s. So they'd always come back around okay. like, oh, it's Eddie. Good old Eddie. Good um, old Eddie sending guys home. Eddie Cedar might end up on a bar stool next to you somewhere in Milwaukee. You never know. You nope. never know when old Eddie Cedar's going to show up and have a good, have a cold one with you.
0: Did he hold guys too much or send no, them too much? No, he sent guys too
1: much. Okay. See, old I, old I think,
0: windmill Eddie Cedar. I'm good with that. I'm, I'm good with that. Air on the side of trying to make them make a perfect throw. But in, in the Twin Cities, we've gotten rid of, so Al Newman was one year and done. We rode him out of town. He was the third base coach for that 2001 team, the Contraction Twins. And then um, Scotty Alger actually held – Scotty Alger was demoted from like three different coaching responsibilities, hitting coach. And they said, "Ah, we're going to bring in Joe Vavra. We're going to make you the third base coach. And then it was like, "Ah, all right, why don't you go coach first base over here? And then eventually it was bench coach. But the one that people really got mad at was Steve Little. Because for good reason. He was was very indecisive where you'd see him – He'd, like, run out to the third base area, and, like, with one arm he'd be waving you, but with the other arm he'd be stopping. He, he also, <laughs> like, wasn't quite sure. Was he just covering his ass?
3: Like, yeah, you can't get mad at me if I said Whatever. both. He also worked at times from from the hip. So, like, he would literally have his hand down. There, there was one one time that he had his hand by his hip, and I swear he was rotating his finger, and then he just put the stop sign up, but it was at his hip. But it was like, no, don't go. And it's like, no, no one can see that. No runner can see that. Oh, that was. But, but third third base coach. So when third base coaches are going bad, it is the same as an OC. Think about it. Right now, poor Tony Diaz is Bill Musgrave.
0: There's I, nothing he can do. You
3: can't do anything right. You can't do. Now, now I will say this on, on the twin show today, Phil. The parallel I drew between football and baseball was this. Making decisions as a third base coach, which appears to be pretty—that's a Photoshop job. Which appears
0: to be—that's a Photoshop job. That is
3: not a Photoshop job. I'm about
1: to retweet this. I almost spilled coffee all over the place. So seven feet. I take back what I said before. When I said six feet, seven to eight feet, if not more.
3: So wait. So it's the same in football clock management. Because it's like, how did this guy screw this up? I mean, it's such an easy call, and it's easy until it's it's ongoing. Like. It would appear that a football coach, how can you not know when to call your timeouts? It's simple, right? But then it's right in front of you. And how many times do we say, how could Zimmer use that timeout or not? I think that the job of the third base coach and the bang-bang nature of that position is very much like trying to manage a clock in football. It's really easy until it's not.
0: And and before I uh, lay out another thing that we're just all missing here today, apparently... Can you, I ask this question? Are you going to do a frame by frame breakdown of the uh, <laughs> Tweed gunning? down CJ
2: Crone. I actually will. I'll do a frame yeah. by frame
0: breakdown of the next thing. I okay. will. I promise. All right. Cool. But my my first question is: How is it possible that Ira Adrianza is almost as slow as CJ Crone? I have no idea. Because I'm not even. I'm, I'm not sitting here arguing that he's fast, and I'm arguing that I would have sent him with that ball in the air. But when you look at CJ Crone, you can just size him up and say, Yeah, that guy's pretty slow. Yeah. That guy's pretty slow. Lavelle tweeted out the foot speed rankings on the team, and Krohn and Adrianza are like 9 and 10 really or close, something. Yeah. yeah, they're like right it's next almost to identical. each other. When you look at Adrianza, he plays middle infield. He's got range, right? How is he that slow? I could see him being kind of like, a. low maybe he's just league average speed. He's
3: slow. And then the, the question goes back to what you said before. How is he running for C.J. Krohn? Like, what's the decision there? I
1: have an even better question than those two. How does Tony Diaz not know how slow Ari
3: Adrianza is? How does he not know that? He tested Puig's arm. This is the Adrianza speed thing is a very distant second to not knowing as I said, my wife doesn't like baseball. It bores her. But if she'd been coaching third base on Saturday and looked at Yasiel Puig in right field, I'm willing to bet she would have put up both arms and said, CJ, you might not want to try this one. CJ Crone
1: and home plate were not even in the frame yet when I was watching that game. And Dick Bramer said, and they're sending him," And I went, they are? <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, I knew that was Yasiel Puig. I just went, they are? I didn't even need to see the end. I didn't even need to
0: see the end of that play. I knew how that ended. Yeah. Okay, you want the other frame-by-frame breakdown Please. here? Okay. The first one was so good. Because we're sitting here <sighs> felt a little short. on a Monday <laughs> after a four-game series that was mostly devastating for the Twins. <laughs> yep, They just completed the process of losing an 11-and-a-half game lead. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we're sitting here talking about the third base coach. The Twins just lost an 11-and-a-half game lead over the course of two months. Okay. And we're talking about the third base coach. So I bring to you video evidence number two here, okay? As you can see, I'm going to click play. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a right-handed hitter at the plate here who I believe can also bat left-handed. Uh, his name is Carlos Santana, yep. and that's him taking a thigh-high <laughs> pitch from the Twins' wow. best reliever over the bullpen fence for a four-run home run. I believe they called it a grand slam. Yes, the yes same capping did. off actually. Three let's out discuss of four that. weekend for Cleveland. Let's discuss that that very pitch.
3: Let's discuss what happened on Saturday, which which set up the debacle of Sunday. You were Rocco Baldelli and company, and maybe rightfully so. But deem Saturday's game to be so important, I would dare call it a must-win in their mind. That they went Odorizzi, Romo, Rogers for two, and once Rogers goes two, do we not know now statistically you can't bring him out the next day? A tie game too. Manny had the stats today. His ERA is seriously like fourteen when he pitches after the day after throwing two innings. So can somebody help me here? And it's a tie game too. So it's not, it's not, okay, Taylor, we desperately have to have you go out there and get three outs and it's going to be, uh, nine outs in two days. This is a tie ball game. Care to explain to me what they are thinking in trying to bring this guy out after putting such a priority
0: on Saturday? Well, by they, do you mean Rocco Baldelli? I mean Baldelli. I mean, I mean
3: the, I mean the entire, all of those who, uh, drop the schematics for this team from day to day.
0: Okay. But we can, we can chase our tails in circles. I agree. Taylor Rodgers, less than twenty four hours day game after night game too, so even less time to recover after two innings. That feels like an off limits thing. I would probably go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But literally anybody else that you would have brought in in that spot probably gives up Who some left? sort because of, because the guys they had already used were Duffy, May, Harper, and May. And it's not like let's say let's say Trevor May had not been used yet in this game, and he went in the inning in 30 He had a nice little rebound outing in that game yesterday. Okay. Let's say it was somebody else, and your options were Trevor, uh, were Taylor Rogers. Yep, this uh Stashack guy who came in to mop up the mess that they just called up a couple days ago. Yep, you can't use Dobnak right because he just threw five innings on Saturday, so he's off on, the on mess. Friday. I'm sorry. So, if on your Friday. options in that spot, let's say May had not pitched yet, and your options are, you could bring in Taylor Rogers on. Less than 24 hours rest mm-hmm. after a two-inning outing. Mm-hmm. Or you can bring in Trevor May right now. You can tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, pause Fortnite for a second. Come mm-hmm. on in, and you can face you Carlos Sanchez." Do they have Fortnite in the, in the bullpen? They for sure have it in the clubhouse, I'm guessing. Oh, I'm sure they have it in the clubhouse. Oh, sure they have the clubhouse. they yeah.
2: should
1: have it in the bullpen. I would see nothing wrong with that. Might fire him up a little bit more. Lee Smith was taking naps for
0: the majority of hey, games. Before they called him in to close Look it out. Look at Nelson odds. Cruz. Why not play a little Fortnite? Yeah. I mean, there's my point is... We can sit here and say you can't bring Rodgers in in that spot, but they, like, who, who do they? They don't have guns. They don't. Sam I, Dyson's out. I get that, but they you, didn't trade for five arms. R-
3: Rodgers was sent out there on Sunday to fail, and you knew that.
0: You knew you knew what you were doing. But to him. everyone, and this brings me back to sort of like, and, and it's fun to sit here and micro, micro, micro analyze, and I and I'll do this for two more hours. But the macro is Cleveland has been the best team in baseball for two months, and mm-hmm. they're not going anywhere. And they might get Corey Kluber back. Oh, yeah. And everything I said when the Twins had an 11 and a half game lead about, well, I mean, everything's about setting up for the playoffs, is wrong. Because very clearly now, if you don't get Byron Buxton and, and Nelson Cruz, and Nelson Cruz, it sounds like he's going to be back pretty soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll see if there's any more issues with the And wrist. Sam Dyson, too. Dyson's supposed to come back soon. But more specifically, if they don't get Byron Buxton back, I don't know how you can... It's a dead heat now with 44 games left. If they don't get Byron Buxton back soon, I don't know how you can sit here and say... The Twins are the better team. The only thing you can say is the Twins play 10 games at the end of their schedule against 100 lost teams, and their schedule might save them. What you saw the past four days is the reality of this.
3: The Minnesota Twins and their pitching cannot compare to what Cleveland does, and Kluber's not back yet. And I don't think that's debatable, and I don't think that changes one bit. If Barrios pitches lights out, that's great, but he's one guy, okay? He's one guy. The Indians will throw basically four, and very soon five, quality, damn good arms that go deep into games, and and then and then because of that, unveil a bullpen that has been successful because too much is not asked. Cleveland's pitching just is so superior to yours right now. Didn't we know that coming into the season? Wasn't that? I mean, we looked at the two mm-hmm. teams and we said they definitely. But have I'm a saying that that's rotation. but that's how things stand now, without question. Because you hope to get, you know, but I mean, you still have Perez started off great and you thought to yourself, oh, there's there's something here. And now there's not. Uh, Jake has been up and down, was fantastic for eight starts, lights out, all star, but then went downward. Now back up. But Cleveland is throwing arms at you on, on a continual basis that are successful, work quickly, work deep into games and get them to a bullpen. That's damn good, too. But you knew that coming into
1: the season, and right now you still know that when healthy, and even maybe where they are right now with the two injuries that they have, you have a better lineup than the Indians. Their lineup is better than it was when the season started, but you still have a far better lineup than the Indians. This is a historic offense, not without Buxton and Cruz. That. Though you're better than the Indians without Buxton, without and Buxton Cruz, and Cruz, you're better than. the
0: I Indians. don't know about that. I would take the I would I, take the Twins one through nine. I don't know about that. Yeah, without Buxton and Cruz, my my I put them more neck and neck as a lineup, and then I put the Indians pitching far above. And then, of course, if you want to look at defense, the Twins have been kicking the ball around for a month and a half, and Max Kepler in center field is below average, and the bullpens is not even comparable. It's actually nope. pretty amazing how like Byron Buxton is so much more the glue that fits all of these pieces together than like we can, we we knew that he was a very good player and that he had that he's probably the best defensive center fielder of this generation, but like to see how bad they are without him and to see the record play that out. You know, that's the thing. Like, Cruz coming back, I'll definitely go with Rami on the lineup side. But this is this is beyond now. Oh, Cleveland's hot, and they're going to start no. playing good teams again. This is... Yeah, Cleveland got so hot that they caught all the way up to you, and even though they play some good teams, there's no guarantees that they just lose all those games and to the can, good teams. But I don't so. think
1: that they'll keep up this. They're, they're on like a 7-10... Clip since since the what is it since June third or June fourth yeah. whatever it is they're, they've, they've but won
4: pitching, a 7-10 but they're pitching ten
3: clip but their 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 starters are so good that they're not going to allow them to go through huge stretches of of failure they might lose four consecutive games but guess what day five it ends
0: do you guys view this as a twins collapse. Or to what degree do you view it as a Twins collapse, 11 and a half games down to zilch here with 44 games left? No, I don't look at it as a collapse. I said
1: today, if you win 97 to 100 games and the Indians win the division, you just tip your cap to that team. You know what I mean? What more do you want an organization to do than put together a 97 to 100 win baseball club that's playing competitive baseball through September and probably into October. Even if they don't win the division, and I'm still picking them to win the division, but even if they don't, I'm willing to explore that possibility. You're talking about postseason baseball and 97 to 100 wins. It was just a remarkable come up by, by the
3: Cleveland Indians. Collapse, in my mind, is not fair because that puts the entire thing on the players. This goes back to, if I had to choose words to describe it, it goes back to what we talked about at the deadline when the Twins didn't get more help, missed opportunity. Because I don't think the players listen. Martín Pérez was great for a while, but like I can't sit here and say Martín Pérez is falling apart, and that's a bunch of BS. It's him, right? So, so to say collapse, I, I think would, would be to take this entire team of players and say this was expected of you to keep up. Some of them, it was. A lot of them, it's not. So, I think the the failure to get more help here is a missed opportunity. More, more than a collapse. Because I'm not completely surprised now, too, Phil. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, a collapse to me is... This is not a collapse. This is... You've played about 500 baseball for two months or so. At the same time as Cleveland played 700 baseball. And the two months before that, you played almost 700 baseball. At the same time, they played 500 baseball. And now you're exactly even. I think if you're playing 500, forget about the fact that you're playing over the course of a season, 97-win baseball, in which case I'm with Rami, tip your cap. I think if you play 500 baseball for a stretch and another team outpaces you, I think the other team took it from you. You're not expected to play at a 40-18 and 18 clip for a full season, which is what the, twi- the Twins were, 40-18, and 18 when this thing started to turn a little bit, when Cleveland started to get pretty hot and the Twins started to flatten out. I just don't see how you can call something a collapse when you've just kind of, it's been a steady ship for you since your red hot start and Cleveland has just played out of their minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course it looks terrible and it is terrible that you've lost an 11 and a half game lead in the division. But at the same time, it's what the standings say at the end of September that matters most. And that fat, juicy last 10 game stretch against the Royals and against the Tigers is going to matter. The Indians got fat off that part of their schedule already, and the Twins have that padding. Now, are they going to go 10-0, and but could they go 8-2, and 9-1 and over that stretch? Could they be down by two games in the division going into that stretch and still win it because of the teams they play? Yes. So, we'll
1: see. It's not ideal. If they win two out of three from here on out, they have 44 games left. They'll end up with, I think Derek said, that's 97 wins today. You should win the division with that. And if, if you if you do that, if you close out that strong and don't win the division, again, you just tip your cap to the Indians and and, and marvel at what they did on some
3: level. If right? I'm a baseball fan straight out, and I don't care about these two teams, and I'm talking about my preference in who I would like to see deep into the playoffs, after what we saw the last four days, there's no question in my mind, it's Cleveland. I love that pitching. I absolutely love it. The bullpen, I love. The lineup is... is might not be if Buxton and Cruz are back, it might not be as good as the twins, but it's pretty damn good now. And at one point in time, it was sort of a joke. But if you look at teams as far as the potential for succ- sustained October success, Cleveland's got it right now. When you can pitch like that, you've got it.
1: Are you sure Adrianzo was on third base while that ball was six feet up in the air? Do you have, are you fr- sure? Do you no, have footage sure? no because I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at the still shot that, that I showed you as we were coming out of the break and Adrianza being out. Hold on a second. Said, let's see. That. I said six feet in the last segment. Hold this on. is like nine to ten feet at least. Oh, look. He stopped. Let me see. At least. A- an- ate a sandwich. He's that, at, he, that's if, a
0: pho- that's Photoshop. If he's
3: out by that much.
0: No, that's uh, that's Photoshop. And he was standing yeah, on that, third Rami. base. Look at that.
3: The, waiting that's a banana. <laughs> Ham sandwich. He's sitting on the grass eating. By the
0: way, if that throw short hops the catcher, he for sure is four feet closer. <laughs>
3: But it's serious. If I'm he... telling you boys, let's go to Manfred right now and say let's turn back the clock, let's allow violent home plate collisions and give the Twins a chance.
1: If he was standing on third base as you say, Mackey, while that ball was 6 feet above the left fielder's head.
3: He might be he... the slowest man in...
1: And the ball came down 6 feet into the outfielder's hand. Thrown to the cutoff man, then thrown home from the cutoff man to home. And he's out by that much. I want to race Adrianza tomorrow. I want to race him <laughs> Athlete challenge. tomorrow. Athlete challenge.
0: I can beat him down the third base line. That's how, impossible. How is a man who plays middle infield and who is not fat, who looks to be fairly light-footed in yeah. everything else that he does? He looks like he should be how fat. How is he? And by the way, low.
1: I just noticed this in that still shot. Yeah. All three Minnesota Twins who are standing off to the side have their arms up in the air, like, what are you doing? All three of them have their arms out to the side and up in the air, like, why? You what should have me in the press what box. What are you doing?
3: <laughs> <laughs> my hands are on my head. I'm like, Tony, don't do it!
0: I need to see this. Look no, this. Not, no that's, that is false. No,
3: they all have their arms out to their side. They're, no,
0: Yeah, they're waving slide, 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 slide. That might be it. I'm going to go with my theory. Okay. <laughs> they have their arms out. No! why listen nothing's stopping you from going you can't you can't charge the catcher but you can go willie mays hayes and flip over him right major league
3: Mm -hmm. two perhaps you might want to talk to adrian's about doing that from now on yeah
0: or just maybe run j cave j cave as your pinch. that is
3: a weird one or just don't send him just don't send
0: him be aggressive
3: why would you i don't understand i don't understand with all all the information that they have why they wouldn't have just said hey Jake, go run
0: Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackey here for Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694. Uh We'll come back and talk Vikings. There's a national (laughs) clearance event that's going on right now, and my friends in that showroom area have some great deals on Highlanders, Tundras, Corollas, and America's number one SUV, the RAV4. Right now, you can get 0% financing for 60 months or a $2,500 rebate on 2019 Highlanders or 0% financing 60 months and a $3,000 rebate on the 19 Tundra Or how about this, $219 a month on a lease with that 2019 RAV4. Or if you want to go even lower, how about $189 a month on a lease for a 2020 Corolla. See dealer for details. Lots of other great specials on all your favorite Toyotas. Stop over tonight. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. You can save big, and you can meet the people that have been helping my family for 30-plus years. The website
4: is The lutherbrookdaletoyota.com. 442 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. And if you missed it yesterday, the Vikings made a trade, and it was to mess with their kicking situation once again as the Vikings trade a fifth-round pick to the Ravens for kicker-slash-punter Kari Vedvik we have no idea whether he's going to be a punter or a kicker. And in light of that trade, Mike Zimmer said this about his kicker.
2: Honestly, I really like Dan Bailey. I think he's a a very uh, professional, mature kid. Um, You know, we've been having some issues with uh, three, um, you know, with the snap hold, kick kind of thing. And having, having two long snappers, I think that's adding to it a little bit because the timing is different the holding we're working on quite a bit so um, but I, I like Dan
1: we're going to talk about the sudden kicker controversy in Vikings camp in just one
0: second oh Jonathan's oh is this mid-download on, Jonathan's no, you, no you I thought go ahead my jo- bad. oh Jonathan rolled his eyes at you
4: I didn't roll my well, eyes I was just like segment whoa, is this what's like, going what's on go, here what's going on <laughs> I think it's you Rami's now you to finish
1: the download I'm sorry no, that's I thought just, you just were giving say, us the download that, my bad
4: that's been the score north download uh, I guess Rami wants to take over from here
2: <laughs> oh,
3: I feel bad <laughs> no, you don't. You don't care. I really don't. You don't. You don't care at all. He
0: just—he didn't actually roll his eyes. I was just creating some brother
4: Happened there. It's yeah. hmm. all, right. all yours, Rami.
1: Well, we're going to talk about that in just one second, but... Uh,
4: <laughs> it got really uncomfortable. It was if awesome. you missed the
1: start of Mackey and Judd with Rami, Phil started off with uh, Exhibit A in his yeah. argument for why Tony Diaz yeah. didn't make a terrible decision sending Ari Adrianza in the ninth inning last night before the Twins would go on and lose after he was thrown out by at least 9 to 10 feet. At home plate in the ninth inning with just one out. Seven. And uh, you said... <laughs> He's backed no, off so much since the show at started. at 10 And you showed us frame by frame yep. when the ball bounced off the right field wall, went up in the air about six to seven feet over Naquin's head, the left fielder. Yep. You said Ari Adrianza was standing on third base at that point in time. Somebody, it was uh, Jeremy Lutz... Tweeted us a still shot of Adrianza not even rounding third yet. And uh, Naquin has mm-hmm. already uh, released the ball. The ball's already heading towards Francisco Lindor at that point. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was. I
3: was... <laughs> what was that? Any I'm thoughts sorry, on what that? Was that? Any thoughts on Tony D? Uh, okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Well, hold ask? on. Hold on. He, yeah.
1: he said
0: something there and I didn't catch it, Judd. What was that? He Phil? Said something about I, I uh, didn't catch it. I said I was. I was.
3: What? Huh? I was wrong. He was wrong. I was wrong. He was wrong. My headphones aren't working very
0: good right now. These are, I, I, but I can't trust our listeners now. They're all just photoshopping now. Nobody's everyone's photoshopping everyone's, everyone's so proficient it's with their little photoshopping. photoshopping are
3: we going to say that that uh, on, on its face, Jeremy Lutz's picture that he sent us is completely accurate? Yes.
0: Yeah, I, I think Jer- Jeremy Lutz is a felon. Okay, okay, I, you can't trust <laughs> these people
3: because I I have a serious question. In this picture, what is? Tony Diaz doing. Thank you. I'm just about to
1: ask to say he looks like he's going. I didn't
3: realize this till now, and I didn't like the call, but I didn't realize he he can't score. He knows that, right? Yeah, I I hope so. Like it's like he's breaking for home plate.
0: Yeah, he he knows he's got to get to the clubhouse quick.
3: (laughs) It's not like synchronized scoring. We'll score together.
0: Oh, hey, hair. So are, you saying, are you saying you were wrong about that particular
1: point in your argument? Are you wrong about defending Tony Diaz at all? I'm saying, uh-huh.
0: I'm <laughs> saying, I love aggressive third base coaches, and uh-huh. they get bad raps. And you're going to put yourself out there, and you're going to, and you're, you're going to have moments like this. And he had two of them now this weekend. But watching this, whatever this angle is, and clearly the left fielder has thrown the ball, thrown the ball. And Adrianza is still two steps away from third base. You can't set him there. All right, at least two steps. That's you guys. Maybe right. three. Well, wait, wait. I got, I got bad footage.
3: Wait, so you came I into this ba- entire I got, segment? I got bad
0: footage. <laughs> and now I got, you... I got bad footage. <laughs> well, whose fault is that? Someone's fired. <laughs> Who got you the bad footage? I need to. I need to. I need to sort this out. It's going to require an investigation.
3: Why don't you take the next four days off? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I just might. Rick in Minneapolis, you're on Twins Vent Line with Mackie Judd and Rami.
2: Yeah, it's real simple, guys. Um, The mistake was running Cave. If you're not running Cave, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And once you run him, then you can pinch hit Adrianza for scope, who's terrible. He's 160 in clutch situations. Gleeman had all his stats today on Twitter. And then whatever happens with Adrianza, you still got Kepler coming up, who's like your best, like best or second best hitter and great clutch hitter. Yeah. So the, the real mistake, cause then otherwise if you wanted to pinch hit for scope, who do you have then? You got Castro, who's left-handed against hand, no good. And you had, I don't remember who else, somebody, it was nobody. So you took away your only good pinch hitter. Adrianza's hitting left-handers like at over 300. I mean, there is your mistake. Great. Right?
0: I mean, thanks for the phone I'm call to buy that. Yep. All good facts. The, the the Jake Cave thing, and one more note on this, and then we got to get to Vikings Vikings training camp <laughs> drama. there's nothing, nothing going here. on out
3: there. I don't know what you are talking yeah.
0: about. But like, why you wouldn't just put your fastest runner in if you know that that's the winning run? You know that's the winning run, and you are. You're literally planning for a scenario in which a ball gets hit to the wall, down the line, or into a gap, and that dude has to score from first, right? That's why you pinch run in that spot. Mm -hmm. If he has to score from first, you want the best chance. And to not give yourself the best chance is the most rippable thing from yesterday's late-game shenanigans. I
1: don't know about the most rippable, but it's definitely rippable. What would you say is the most rippable? Tony Diaz sending Adrianza (laughs) in the ninth inning.
3: It's all baffling to me. The cave thing is, too. It's just baffling. It just it doesn't make sense. Right. And, and these guys, it, it was a very old-school, twins-like feel to the past few days.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it felt very, uh, very Steve Little-like. Speaking of things that don't make sense, Judd, can you please help us make sense of no. what has happened in the last 48 hours with the Viking special teams?
3: Why? Why my head already hurts. I drank so, too much Shirley last night and now I got to talk about the fact. Oh, okay. They
0: officially have a new long snapper or a, the, nope. a long snapper has won the rookie long snapper has won Aaron the Cutting, battle over McDermott. The draft pick? Yes. Yep. And so, so ironically, now, uh the one who got cut was Kevin McDermott, not Aaron Cutting. I wonder who was the the one that was doing the cutting of Kevin McDermott. Really? That's where we're going to go? Anyway, so
3: they had a competition for a position at which you really shouldn't have a competition because the continuity of that guy is extremely important, but that finally came to an end. Then on Sunday, they, they made a trade with Baltimore for a guy who's got an enormous leg and can kick and punt and went to training camp last year with the Ravens. Went out with some buddies to Fells Point uh, as the roster cut down approached and uh, proceeded to basically stay out past three and, and end up mugged and in, in the hospital uh, and missed the entire season. That's a crazy story. It's a really crazy story. And it sounds like his friends are, are like, hey, dude, it's getting late. Let's go. And he's like, no, man, peace out. I'm well, sticking around. Girls. Well, yeah. That's what kept him back. And I, uh, Yeah. Has, anyway. That's happened to all of us. Uh No. <laughs> no, I've never. I love Fell's Point, but I've never done that. You
1: never stayed out too late, or went somewhere. I didn't get mugged. Or, well, no, I didn't get myself just, mugged. You were lucky. I'm just saying, though. You never stayed out too oh, late. I wasn't lucky. Or I'm smart. Went somewhere that defend myself. That you maybe shouldn't have gone because of a girl. I have ten of those stories, but carry on. I don't so. talk about <laughs> it.
3: Um, <laughs> I prefer not talk about it. So anyway, uh, so then they they All make this trade with way. the Ravens on. Oh yeah, sure. They All on on Sunday, uh, and then. That leaves them with Matt Wild, punter, Dan Bailey as their kicker, and then a new kicker slash punter, to which Zim indicated that he thinks Bailey has done a really good job in training camp, despite the fact that he some, had some bad practices. And I think he made all four of his extra points, Phil, on Friday in the game against the Saints. Uh, and then the latest is today the new guy came in. And handled all the punting, Wild didn't punt and evidently cut his hand in the Saints game so he couldn't hold today, which led to this and this is the most Viking Viking thing of all time. <laughs> at one point in, is so weird. At one point in today's practice, and I actually got on the phone because I saw tweets and I got on the phone to call her and called him and said, "Is this really happening And he said, absolutely. Dan Bailey, the kicker, was working on his holding as the new kicker kicked off those that stanchion sort of T thing. To practice. So now you've got a guy that can kick and punt in camp. The guy that was the punter is still there. The kicker is still there. But the kicker is doing holding. And the Vikings have basically taken what had one small, itty-bitty, weird curveball in camp when Kirk Cousins talked about Garrett Bradbury's butt sweat. And they've introduced this whole convoluted cluster bleep about who's going to be their kicker, punter, the special teams thing, holder. Nobody knows. I, I, I get bringing the guy in. I understand <laughs> bringing
1: the guy in, and maybe and competing for one of the spots or both of the spots. Putting a little bit of heat on the kicker and the punter. But what exact? What good exactly is Dan Bailey holding for this dude going to do? What What is? I can't believe he's the, going to hold. What's
3: the end game there? But he's can I say? This, but can I say one quick thing? He's not going to be on the roster just to
1: hold.
2: If he's
3: not the kicker, he's gone. Can I say one quick thing? as someone who's watched this team for a long time, and Phil has too. All right, Mike Zimmer. We know that he inherently really hates quarterbacks, kickers, and punters, and probably the guy who snaps as well, right? Because they're just these guys that just can screw up and blah, blah, blah. You are now handing him a team which is expected to be a pretty good team, right? This team's expected to be pretty good. That's fair to say. Mm -hmm. You've had him a rookie long snapper, where by the way, if things go wrong, they go really wrong. And the kid from the Ravens might be the best thing since sliced bread, but he has never kicked in a regular season game. Mike Zimmer desperately needs a kicker and in my opinion a punter who are veterans because he melts down. And if you're if you're Bailey, my guess is you're like, dude, just calm down, right? But if you're young, you're flustered. What are they doing? Why are they doing this to themselves? Were things going too well? Like yeah, boy, everything seems like it's going pretty well. How can we screw things up?
0: Yeah, I almost feel like, like, What's it, going it, it, it's going on like, here. It's like Mike Zimmer went to kicker management therapy and everything was okay. We're going to come back. Dan Bailey's going to come back and it's just going to be a nice smooth. We're going to let the kickers. We're going to get, bring a kicking consultant, Nate Cading in. And I'm just going to let, let these kickers do their thing. And I will worry about defense and offense. And he just went bonkers. It's like he, he made it out of kicker management therapy and then had a relapse three weeks after walking out the door. But I think the other thing that this proves to us, this whole Vikings kicker saga, so uh, the guy they just brought in uh, went to college at Marshall. He was an undrafted free agent. Did you guys know that half the kickers that were drafted in the last 12 years in the NFL are not in the league? So I believe it. I, I think what's, what's, what's blatantly obvious with the Vikings and even just going around the league is... Nobody in the NFL has any idea outside of Adam Vinatieri has no idea where their kickers are being grown, has no idea where to find good kickers. It is the most crapshooty of crapshoots. We think finding great quarterback can be kind of a crapshoot where, you know, numbers don't always tell the story in college. Here's a little bit of a deep dive on kickers. So half the kickers in the last 12 years that have been drafted. So the guys that you would say, wow. Not usually a good idea to draft a kicker because it's such a volatile position, but we feel so confident in this guy we're going to draft him. Half those guys are not even in the league after 10 years. All right, The top five kickers in the league last year, according to percentage of made field goals, all of them were undrafted. One of them, the top percentage kicker in the NFL, was jobless like a year before, Robbie Gould. So he was like so... Uh, he he was he was so inaccurate and so unreliable that he was looking for a job for a year or two. Robbie Gould. You also had the second most accurate kicker, Rosas from the Giants. Went to college at South Oregon. I didn't even know that was a college. He went like division is that Division two? <laughs> no clue. Division three. Dude went to South Oregon. Sounds like it. You had uh, undrafted, undrafted, undrafted. Will Lutz went to Georgia State. I mean, it's so random where these guys come from, and it's so obvious to me that no one has any idea what they're looking for in kickers, and it's just, you might as well just stick your, lick your finger and stick it in the wind and hope that someone falls into your lap like Vinatieri has but, for a couple franchises. To, to your point then, at,
3: with Spielman as GM, the Vikings have now drafted a kicker, Blair Walsh, sixth round in 2012. They've drafted a kicker, Daniel Carlson, fifth round in 2018, and they've now given up a fifth round pick for this kid. And they've drafted, by the way, in the seventh round this year, a long snapper. I don't mind. Give, I don't mind
1: trading the fifth round pick. I don't mind trying to improve yourself on special teams. But the only part of this that confuses me is Dan Bailey holding. Like what, I, again, I asked the question: What is the end game there? What are you going to keep Dan Bailey on your roster just to hold? Oh, if no. he's on the roster, he's kicking. Correct. Therefore, he can't hold. Is it? Unless is he'll it, be the first
0: to do both. It might be. Some, which would knows? be super impressive. Is it punishment? Is it? Or is it possible, think about how demeaning this would be, is it possible they know that he's going to lose his job, but they don't know who their holder is yet, and so they just want someone who might kind of know what they're doing, even though he's probably never held either? Like, are they doing it as kind of a demeaning Here's my honest cast-off guess. thing at the end of his run with the Vikings? My,
3: my my guess is that the kid that they got from Baltimore is going to be the punter. Wild's going to be cut. So the, the guy that held for the last couple of years is gone. Dan Bailey is going to be kept to attempt short field goals. And this guy might be your 50-plus yard guy. And if that's the case, this kid would hold for Bailey. But if it's a really long field goal attempt, Bailey would hold for this kid. That's my only guess. Amazing. But I just don't understand giving Zimmer. He needs veterans. He needs people. that. And And here's what's going to happen. I guarantee it, and it's not going to have to do with the punter or the kicker. I guarantee you, week six or seven, we're going to get a long snap that's going to go flying over somebody's head, going to be re- recovered by the opposing team, run in for a touchdown, and they're going to have to answer the questions about why this poor kid who was trying to long snap screwed up.
0: By the way, the dude, uh, this Jason Myers for Seattle, I believe, last year? Yes. was the, No, I'm sorry, the Jets. The Jets? He was the sixth most accurate kicker in the NFL last year. He was undrafted, went to Marist. Don't
1: like, tell me you don't know about that football.
0: Don't tell me you don't know about that football powerhouse, Marist. Just it's come k- on, a man, kicking machine on. out there at Marist. Is this not the most Viking Viking thing, though? It's a very Vikings thing. It's a very Vikings thing.
1: I've been saying for years that kickers should also be punters and vice versa. Like, the fact that that takes up two roster spots. <laughs> I mean, you're just kicking a football. It's two different motions, yes. Yeah. Well, they're both kicking motions. You got time to work on both. Exactly. Yeah. So if this guy can do both, I love that move. I'm with you on that. Every roster spot is precious in the NFL,
0: and it's an opportunity for more depth somewhere. Yeah. If it gets if it gets me officially a third quarterback or another pass rusher or something. Right. Whatever the case might be. Yeah. All right. Cram session with corrupt Judge Jonathan when we come back here. I don't have answers to any of these
1: questions.
2: I've been looking him over, and I had, I'm i going to lose is what I'm talking <laughs> Calling a shot. He's calling a shot.